Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, we began reading in verse 15. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, and verse number 15. I'll read down through verse 20. And the Lord being our helper this morning, I want to preach on this thought, I'll be home for Christmas. I'd, I'd like, if you hadn't seen that old portrayal, it simply is, there is no excuse to miss Christmas. And can I say, I don't want, what is Christmas? Christ is Christmas. Wouldn't even be no season if there wasn't a Savior. Not just He's the reason, He is the season. And I'm glad that joy doesn't revolve around a season, but in a Savior. And today I want you to look with me in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verse 15. A familiar text in your Bible. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem. And see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. I'm going to re-preach Wednesday, but if anything is ever known, it's the Lord that makes it known. A sinner never know he's a sinner, never know he needs a savior unless the Lord makes it known. Verse 16, and they came with haste and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praise. See, when you see him, you'll go to glorifying and praising God for all things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Not just what they'd heard, but what they'd experienced for themselves. Boy, it'd help our worship if we'd see him this morning. You can be seated. Father, we pray today that you'd anoint me and empower me. Preach me, Lord. I pray God use me as a mouthpiece called to remembrance. All that you gave me in the study. And all, Lord, that you've shared with me, Lord, and have gleaned. And I pray, Lord, that the bread that's been made fresh in the oven of heaven, Lord, would be served on a platter of grace this morning. Help me to preach it in power. Help me, Lord, to preach the truth in love. Help me, Lord, to, uh, to be a vessel a vehicle that you could use a channel Lord a conduit that you could speak to the hearts of everybody in this sanctuary from the pulpit and glory oh God I pray unite us together in one mind bring us together in one accord and help us God to worship you in spirit and in truth and we'll give you glory for every soul saved every life touched Lord for you being lifted it up. We ask you to have your way, take the reins of this service and direct it as you see fit. Lord, I pray, have your way in invitation and every portion, Lord, you get the glory. For it's my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. If the Lord would help me for a little while this morning, 
I want to look at and walk through our text, look at another place in the scripture and preach on this thought, I'll be home for Christmas. I don't miss the Christmas. Amen. I, when you look at this Bible and look at the stories in Matthew and in Luke, uh, we see that there are many people who have who miss the first Christmas, and some of them have missed Christmas ever since. If you'll look with me in our text, the Bible said in verse 7, uh, back in the same chapter, uh, that she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in those swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger uh, because there was no room for them in the end. In spite of all the blessings that Christ is, uh, in spite of this precious babe uh, in the feeding trough, uh, in that carved out rock stable, uh, in spite of everything uh, uh, that the prophets had prophesied about him, uh, uh, there are some uh, that still miss the Christ uh, or miss Christmas. Uh, uh, first of all, I want you to notice there's the innkeeper uh, at the inn in Bethlehem. Uh, when Jesus was born uh, in our verse, in verse 7 in our chapter, he, was, he had a crowded heart. Uh, folks today uh, have a crowded heart. Uh, they get caught up in the hustle and bustle of the season and all the get-togethers and, and the lights and the exchanging of gifts uh, and if not careful, distracted by Satan's ploy uh, of uh, one man that travels the whole world and has an omniscient mind, uh, all a fake and a phony. Uh, they look to him uh, for the meaning of Christmas. Uh, oh, they get caught up uh, and they seemingly have uh, uh, no room for Jesus. Uh, can I say today, uh, uh, there may be people even in our church, uh, I hope not, uh, who have crowded out. Uh, you see, I feel like we all uh, are the innkeeper and have to say, is there room uh, for Christ uh, in your Christmas? Don't miss uh, through the hustle and bustle. Uh, don't miss the Christ. Don't miss Christmas. Come home to the truth. Amen. And then if you go back with me, we'll be there for a little while. So take your King James Bible and look back in Matthew and chapter 2. In Matthew and chapter 2, uh, uh, there is a man uh, that I'd like to look at uh, when I think about those who missed the first Christmas and who would miss the second Christmas and, and have missed the truth. They are pictures and types of those today who are still missing Christ, who are missing Christmas, the real meaning of Christmas. Herod is that man. He missed Christmas. There are those with a crowded heart. But then here it is, those, a man, a picture of the men today, of women today, who have a calloused heart. Evil man, a hateful man, a, a wicked man. He had already missed the first Christmas. He had already missed, uh, probably soon to go and miss, the second Christmas. Because it took the wise men two years, according to our text. Here it began to kill everybody that was born two years and under. And so by the time the wise men had completed their journey in our chapter in Matthew 2, uh, he was a young child uh, and they came to Jerusalem and they asked Herod, they inquired uh, of the living sovereign on earth, uh, do you know uh, where he that's born king of the Jews? 
And he thought his power was going to be threatened. And his ambition was going to be threatened. His position in life was going to be threatened. And it made him angry. It made him hateful. And he had a callous heart. You see, these wise men, and let me say before I forget it, wise men still seek the Lord. Amen. But wise men had, had followed a star. They had been led by a star. And they had been led to a stable. And then they found a Savior. And when they found a Savior, even them, some say, maybe a descendant from Keturah, one Abraham's wife after Sarah died, some say. But most people agree that they were Gentiles. And how the shepherds first came. Now came the Gentiles. I'm glad even Gentiles get to see the Lord. Hallelujah. And they saw that star, that star that was not there, that star. God's got every star named. He's got every hair your head numbered. Uh, somebody said, hey, you can for a Christmas present uh, go to uh, astronomy.com and, and you can somehow astrology or astronomy.com and, and you can buy the right to name a star. Too late, ma'am. God's done named them all. He can't name no star. God's God has got a name. He made it all. But there's a star. I believe the Shekinah glory that started shining when, hey, when this babe is born. It's been prophesied from Genesis. Not just a celestial body, but a star. That capital S star. He who is the scepter. He, Christ, them. But hey, without Jesus, there is no salvation. He is the creator of everything. Oh, can I say today, these wise men had followed the star. Somehow or another, they'd lost sight of the star. Sought direction from that sovereign. While the sovereign was sleeping, a Savior was born. He'd missed it. He had missed it, Brother Jeremy. Oh, my, the calloused heart. Evil and wicked and scheming. And we know it, people still today are scared. Hey, they don't want uh, to meet. They don't want to know the real meaning of Christmas. Have no desire uh, to meet the Christ of Christmas. I, I'm telling you, it is God's will that none perish, but all come to repentance. Uh, God came into this world to seek and save that which is lost. But some people evil in their heart with wicked social uh, desires and goals and power and ambition still have a calloused heart. They don't want nothing to do with the Lord. Their heart's hard because to know Christ threatens their wicked, ungodly, sinful lifestyle. You put sodomites and everybody else in that group. Their heart is calloused. It'll mess up their lifestyle. Mess up their goals in life. Hinder their power, their ambition in life. There's people that miss Christmas. Oh yeah, the calloused heart. Well, then look with me, if you will. There's another one in this group in Matthew 2, you see. It's the scribes. Verse number 4. There's the scribes in Jerusalem when the wise men came. They'd asked that, that reigning sovereign. They asked him. Say, said, where is he this born king? He ain't waiting to inherit the throne. He's born king. Where's he at? <laughs> 
And Herod began to search, uh, couldn't find it. So he asked the scribes. Herod was understanding of Jewish custom, knew some Jewish tradition and laws. So he sought the scribes. And the scribes had missed Christmas. Here it is, two or three years, uh, at least two, maybe going on to the third year. And they have missed it. Jerusalem is only five miles from Bethlehem. They knew Micah 5 too. They knew that the Lord was going to be born in Bethlehem. They knew about the Messiah. They had heard surely for five mile distance. My God, how merciful it's like our day. Amen. There is no long distance or short distance that hinders a rumor from going around, especially when there's a stink involved. Somebody help me right there. Amen, preacher. Hallelujah. And you know that stink that was going on about Mary being with child. And surely somebody, they knew Isaiah, that he is going to be born of a virgin. Why could not these scribes? I'll tell you why. They had closed hearts. They didn't they were, had a little religion, knew a little bit of Bible, knew a little bit about it, but they didn't care nothing about going down five miles from Jerusalem to Bethlehem. Why didn't they travel? We don't even have nowhere in the text. After they heard the encouraging words from those Gentile wise men that he'd been born and followed his star all the way from the east, they, they know where in our text do we see that they went down there searching. Oh my, people are close-minded. Don't want to hear about Jesus. Oh, can I tell you today, there are many who did miss Christmas. They missed it year after year. But thank God there's some groups that thank God ain't missed it. There's some folks, thank God, that'll travel a distance just to get a glimpse of the Savior. In Matthew chapter 2 is our first these are folks who came on. They went to the Lord. They are scholarly people. Intelligence does not negate your need for faith. Some of the most intelligent people in the world, Isaac Newton said, Isaac Newton said, gravity explains the motions of the planets, but it cannot explain who set the planets in motion. God himself governs all things. And knows all that it is or all, all that can ever be done. Isaac Newton said, if I had no other evidence but the thumb, I'd believe in God. That's what Isaac Newton said. He wrote many laws and you'd have to search them all out. He, says, he said this about the Bible. He said, we account the scriptures of God to be the most sublime philosophy. I find more sure marks of authenticity in this Bible than in any profane history that's ever been written. Hey, Isaac Newton says, thank God, talk, look at all that he discovered. We operate some scientific fields today based upon some of his findings. I forgot, I believe, I forgot what his intelligence was. He was in the top ten of the smartest people that ever lived. And Isaac Newton himself said, thank God a scholarly man. Hallelujah. I'm simply saying, don't you think for one minute, college-bound students, don't you think for 
for one minute, young people, that you have to be ignorant to believe in the Bible. Oh no, the wisest man that ever lived believed in God. And after he'd searched everything, he was a philosopher, a writer. He was an agricultural man. He sought pleasure as a playboy. He sought all of the riches of the world. But in the end of his life, he said, I found out one thing. Here's the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. This is the whole duty of man. Don't think for one minute you've got to be dumb or not intelligent. Scholarly people, hallelujah, have always got a hold of Christ or Christmas. Amen. Amen. Albert Einstein never did come to a saving faith. But here's what Albert Einstein did say, as far as we know. He said this, I want to know how God created this world. I'm not interested in any in this or that phenomenon. His famous saying was, science without religion is lame, and religion without science is blind. He wasn't even a saved man. Are y'all listening to this preacher? I'm telling you, friend, hallelujah, Galileo was persecuted by the Catholic Church because he took that Bible in literal ways that, that they didn't and non-literal ways that they did. And he was persecuted, jailed because, hey, I'm simply saying, friend, and today we still have intelligent people. I met one here now about 10 years ago. I forgot what his IQ level was. But he was in the top five of that day. And he uh, was originated uh, down in Florida, transplanted to North Carolina. He said it's the best place on earth to live. He's a smart guy. <laughs> Amen. And I went to Charles Taylor's office. He was a, an assistant to Charles Taylor. And he told me this. And I could tell you a lot of things that he wrote, and some of you would recognize it. If I begin to tell you, but it's from his past, and I'm afraid you'll get sidetracked. But one thing he told me was, he had behind his desk an ordination paper. He said, preacher, my pulpit is Congress and the, hey, and the White House and the, and the representatives and the lobbyists and the intelligent people of this world. He said, beside it was an intellectual paper where he took that IQ test. And I mean, it was up there, like 160. High, pretty high. And brother, can I simply say this? Can I tell y'all today, this man said that it was God's will for him to lead as many as he could. Amen. To a saving knowledge of our Lord. He is an independent Baptist, by the way. Can I just simply say this? Thank God what the Bible says. These wise men, these scholarly men, these men who are oriental, are studiers of the stars. And there is a gospel message in the stars. You remember? I preached on it oh but they studied they were no way beyond their years and they traveled through the dust and the heat and the torment for years just to get a glimpse of the Savior and when they saw him they went another direction because when you see the Lord it'll change your life if any man's in Christ he's a new creature amen thank God these scholarly people didn't miss Christmas. Amen. And can I say this, friend? There, you see, preacher, what's so interesting about Christianity? There's so much. 
Well, let me just say this. If one thing should intrigue your intellectual desire, your mind, it ought to be the virgin birth. You can't explain it. I can't explain it. It intrigues the most intellectual people. There's debates that go on all the time about it. How the creator was born of creation. How God, who's always everywhere at all times, who's not limited by time or space, allowed his son himself to be funneled down to the seed, microscopic seed, placed into the womb of a virgin girl named Mary. Somebody help me up in here. I'm telling you, has the, oh, hey, can you imagine Mary suckling the creator? My God, can you imagine baby, baby Jesus holding the world in place? By him all things consist, subsist, or hold together. I mean the earth's rotating. I forgot how many, a little over a thousand miles an hour, I believe. I mean this worth the right distance from the sun so we don't burn up. And God's holding it all together as a microscopic seed. Hallelujah. Bouncing on a donkey. Going down there to Bethlehem. He's still holding it together when he comes out of that womb. <laughs> hey, still virgin in conception, virgin in birth. Don't believe me, read the last verse of Matthew chapter 1. Hallelujah. And out, thank God, she taught God how to walk. She couldn't even walk without God. But don't. Are y'all with me today? Hallelujah. And here Mary was. Holding the only babe that didn't have an earthly father but had an earthly mother. The only one that had a heavenly father but not a heavenly mother yet. The only babe. Y'all pull in real close. <laughs> the only babe that was born and yet was as old as his father. And older than his mother. <laughs> Woo! Are y'all listening to this preacher? I don't have a problem believing that. Adam and Eve is a miracle in herself. Adam didn't have an earthly dad or earthly mother. Eve was made without a female body. Jonah was in the belly of the whale. I'm simply saying, I believe all this Bible. I believe that ark. I never got to go. I'm working on, Lord willing, Counseling Wednesday service one day and moving the whole church. Me and Brother Jeremy talked about it on a charter bus to the ark one day. I want to go. I believe we can get a good deal. I'm looking forward to it. Hope it works out, Brother Tony. I'm, I'm excited about that. But I don't have to go to sea to know that God can put all of them on there. God could have put them in a matchbox if he wanted to. God could have put Jonah sardine. <laughs> I'm telling you, we're talking about God. God. It don't trouble me a bit to believe in the virgin birth. I can't explain it and don't have to. Now, I am grateful that he didn't have the blood of a contaminated earthly father. <laughs> that blood would have never washed none of us. He has a normal birth tells us the blood of the mother never does mix with the blood of the baby on a normal birth. I'm glad he, he had heavenly blood. 
Precious blood. Preordained blood. Purifying blood. Boy, I'm going to preach. Are y'all with me today? Woo! Wise men. Thank God when they got the news, he was born, saw that star, and got the news from Bethlehem, uh, from Jerusalem, that he was down there in Bethlehem. They started seeing the star again. It's almost like the journey was so rigorous, they had lost sight of the star. That, that pointed them to the Messiah. I believe it is just the kind of glory, but I also believe it's a picture of the Holy Ghost. Ain't you glad the Holy Ghost got a hold of you and pointed you to Him? Hallelujah. Bless the Lord my soul. Hallelujah. And pointed you to the star, not just a celestial body, not just the glory of God shining upward. Hallelujah. But thank God that Holy Ghost brought you to the Savior. As they went down there and they saw the star, the Bible says in our text, that when they saw the star, they rejoiced. When they saw the Savior, the Bible says, they worshiped. Our intellect had brought them so far. That's why I believe they lost sight of the star. Y'all with me today? Intellect can take you so far, but faith is going to have to bring you to Jesus. They heard the scriptures preached. They heard of Micah 5 too. I believe they had a seed of truth left behind in Babylon and Persia from Daniel and Nebuchadnezzar. I believe that's where they, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had left some seeds of truth. I, I do believe that. I could tell you the three names that uh, John Gill says, that Dr. Lightfoot says by Jewish Tradition and law says they were, and so there were other wise men with them, but there were three specific names. And I could tell you that, but it don't make no hill of beans. You put your name there. The Holy Ghost didn't see to put their name in there. So I'm just going to say this. If you're wise, you'll seek him too. That's right. And you right can't there. seek him until he seeks you. Right. The reason they started on the journey is they was a drawing power from a star. <laughs> Woo! They had enough. Their intellect took them so far and couldn't take them no further. Geologist says, let me show you some rocks. I can take you over here and show you quartz. I can take you over here and show you that when uh, there's gold streaks inside of quartz. I can take you over here and show, supposedly, I don't know, uh, when coal is under pressure, I can show you diamonds. But, But friend, without the sun, if you're just in darkness all your life, you won't know a coal <laughs> from a diamond right. until the sun shines on it. Amen. Hey, that's, right. that's the only thing. A geologist can say, hey, I can take you this far. and I can." But then faith says, hey, you can't take them as far as I can. Right. I can take you to the rock of ages. Amen. Woo! Geologists can show you miraculous things, but they can't take, botanists says, hey, I can show you this flower, and I can show you this flower. I can take you to see this tree. But faith says, you can't go as far as I can. I'll show the rose of Sharon. I'll show the lily of the valley. I'm simply saying, church, what I'm simply saying is, intellect can take you so far, but faith will have to take over. Hey, amen. Yes, sir. Amen. amen. Hallelujah. Some folks are going to go to hell because of 18 inches. They got it up here. They don't have it down here. And the Bible says you must confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. The Lord Jesus Christ, that he died and rose again. And if you believe, confess with your mouth and believe in thine heart, the Lord Jesus Christ, and that he raised from the dead based on the resurrection, 
thou shalt be saved. That's a promise of Romans 10, 9 and 10. You, you won't even have a desire to look unless God deals with you. Unless God draws you. You'll be doomed to die in the pit forever. You can't get out yourself. The more you struggle, the deeper you go down. There's nobody can help you but God. Nobody can rescue but God. I can't pull you out of that sin. Your mom and daddy can't pull you out of sin. No, not by flesh and blood. No, not by the will of man, but by the blood, by the blood, by the Lord Jesus. That's the only way, amen. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth. It's God that works it and does it. Salvation's of the Lord. I'm going to tell you these people don't miss Christmas. The Ph.D. has to get saved by faith, just like the janitor that cleans his classroom. Are y'all with me today? I'm telling you the scholarly people. Thank God it's somebody who don't miss Jesus. You don't have to set your intelligence to the side because if you're smart enough all the time. Henry Morris tried to disprove the Bible. He was one of the first founding creational scientists back in the time when that was not popular, when Darwinism was taking hold and, and having prevalent times in the early uh, 1900s. And then Henry Morris uh, began to try to disprove the Bible and instead realized that Thank God the Bible's right. He got saved. Am I right, Miss Rhonda? Thank God. Hallelujah. He began to try to figure out which version to read. And he searched them all. And that intelligent man says, there's no Bible like the King James Bible. Are y'all with me this morning? I'm saying hallelujah. Intelligence brings you to the Lord Jesus Christ. So they scholarly people that don't miss Jesus. Then they simple people. Hard-working people. Look back with me, if you will, in Luke, in, in our text chap, in our chapter, where our text is. Look at verse number 8. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. Ain't that what the Bible says? And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were so afraid. I know... In one sense, this represents the Jewish people. I know in one sense, no doubt, these are the Paschal lambs. I, it's a dirty job. Only thing lower is hog keeping. But these were not just any lambs. I believe probably, Brother Jeremy, these were those Passover lambs, those Paschal lambs. I, they, they may have had a lowly, they had a despised job, they, but they were hardworking men. They were simple, hardworking men. I don't mean simple like stupid. I mean simple, thank God, hardworking, normal, ordinary, what we would call ordinary-minded people. Oh, my, they're hardworking. They're going to work hard. They're going to do their job. And thank God these, but ordinary people and ordinary places and ordinary procedures don't keep God from doing extraordinary things with them and in them and through them. Hallelujah. They had a tough job, a despised job. Our lifestyle was looked down on. Remember the Lord was born of a common girl, a damsel, but she was a chosen girl. Some of you today may say, I'm not as smart as the next guy. But I believe we have a lot of very intelligent people in here. There may be some folks that say, I'm not a small, I'm just a common old feller. I'm just a country boy. I'm just an old hillbilly. 
in biblical terms, shepherds were considered old country boys. But don't forget, one of the premier people in the Bible, y'all remember I preached on him, his name's Job. I preached that message, a country boy can't survive. <laughs> Woo! I don't care what Hank says, amen. It's the truth, friend. Hey, can I tell you, he's old country, but he was a rich country boy. He's a hard-working feller and one of the richest people. I'm simply saying you may not have a dime to rub together. You may be the smartest man on planet Earth or you may feel like you're the most common. You're average, nothing special about you. Hey, but God uses ordinary people and works through ordinary places and does extraordinary procedures to bring about his mission, his plan, his will, his purpose. Hallelujah. Thank God. It's impossible with man, it's possible with God. And after 400 plus years of silence, God had the angels go tell the shepherds first to simplify. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, it was a momentous birth, it was a miraculous birth, but it was a birth that was mentioned first to the shepherds. 700 years ain't heard nothing. Seem like the heavens are shut up. Some of y'all go through four hours. I do. And it feels like 400 years. God, where are you at, God? <laughs> you know, I always find him when I get in the Bible. <laughs> I'm a kick him myself. <laughs> yeah. I find him in there. I find him on my knees. <laughs> yeah. We want God to just come up and smack a fire out of us. Here I am. Why don't you get in the book once in a while? Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Why don't we pray once in a while for more than five minutes over a 50-minute meal? Somebody help me up in here. It's preaching time. And great God in heaven, we need to want to see him. Then God seek his face. If you'll seek him early, he said, you shall find me. And the light shall shine upon thee. Hallelujah. Bless his holy name. In dark times, seek the light. He'll shine. That's right. Amen. Amen. It's dark night. Out on the hill. Sleeping with these sheep. Momentous, miraculous birth. God says, go down there and tell them shepherds. You know what I love, brother? A heavenly word broke out. Yeah. Glory to God and I. Right. <laughs> say, folks, say Glory. I ain't never seen nobody drink Jack Daniels and say glory. Right. Never seen it. Right. I don't know if they're scared to do it. I, I probably would be. <laughs> but I, I know this. Hey, thank God that's a, that's a word that escaped from heaven. Glory. Hey, I'm going to tell you something else. That wasn't just the word glory. It was the glory shone round about them. 400 years of silence. And God let the heavenly glory and the heavenly glow. Thank God surround them shepherd boys. Hey, I'm to call me simple if you want. I just, hey, Peter and them, thank God, said they ignorant and unlearned. But they took knowledge. They've been with Jesus. I just want to be where he's at. Woo! Amen. Most intellectual man will never understand the scripture unless God opens his mind. Nowhere in this Bible we see it so explicitly that scholarly people seek the Lord. We're reminded of it in our chapter 2 of Matthew, in chapter 2 of 
uh, and chapter 2 and chapter 1 of Luke. These simple folks said, Preacher, what's so precious about that? Well, he was born to a family of carpenters. It wasn't just any kind of carpenter. According to Dr. Lightfoot and Dr. John Gill, a man that Spurgeon <laughs> read after and quoted, Amen. he followed him in the pastorate. And according to John Gill, the only Baptist that ever did an exposition of the whole Bible, Genesis to Revelation, nobody else has ever done it. That John Gill, that mighty man, I love my go-to. This is what he said. He said about this, about this situation right here, about this family of carpenters. He said it wasn't just an ordinary carpenter. It was a carpenter who specifically made yokes. And he said, I can just see somebody walking down there with a yoke, uh, with a yoke of two oxen. And before they get there, Jesus is putting the finishes, touches on it. And he said, my God, it's like you knew what I was going to bring you. <laughs> Remember, he said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. <laughs> Ain't nobody ever made a yoke like him. <laughs> Well, bless the Lord, you don't believe it, leave me alone. He ain't going to change my mind. <laughs> Woo! I believe that, brother. Born to some old poor carpenter. <laughs> yeah, man. The birth was told to a group of shepherds. He called fishermen and tax collectors. Healed lepers, outcasts, and women with the issue of blood. Demon-possessed people that folks had gave up on. People half-dead laying in a ditch. And the Lord would come by. Women of the street. Women full of the devil. He turned into mighty examples of worship. I mean, God, while the local sovereign is sleeping, while the scribes are sleeping and lazy, thank God they some shepherds that say, According to our text, let us now go even a, <laughs> and see the thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. Ain't you glad one day when God quickens you in your dark state, when you're looking for hope and hope was dwindling and the Lord come by and shined the glory and shined the light and brought you to Jesus and you didn't understand it. But as soon as you saw it, you went telling everybody, Woo! Glorify and praise in God for everything you heard and seen. Thank God for these shepherds. They heard them. These old outcasts. They came to Jesus. They didn't miss Christmas. Hallelujah. Y'all with me? The scholarly. Simple. Then I want you to look with me in our same chapter, chapter 2 of the book of Luke. The third folk that didn't miss Christmas <laughs> came to the Lord. I'd like to put it like this, came home for Christmas. <laughs> didn't miss the real meaning. <laughs> oh, yeah. They didn't even have this mess that we have today. <laughs> Distracting people from the true meaning. Back in them days. They just didn't celebrate it. Calloused. Y'all with me today? Crowded. Oh, yes. There's people like that today. But thank God the scholarly, they won't miss it. You don't have to miss it if you're intelligent. The simple. Them that feel simple. Not simple in intelligence necessarily. 
Say, I got a simple job, got a simple family. Hey, you the ones Christ came for. You the ones God showed up first. He let us get in the glory first. Amen. But then there's thirdly, spiritual people. And I, I'll, 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 this will be the last one I preach on today. The spiritual people. Look with me, if you will, in Luke 2, in verse 25. Before you look up here, look up here before you do. Spiritual people don't miss Christ. Spiritual people don't miss the real meaning of Christmas. I'll put it like this. Spiritual people, if they're backslid on God, if they ever been saved, if they get out in the hall pen, guess what? They'll come home for Christmas. <laughs> Woo! They won't worry about past sin, past failures. I'm telling you, you hey, the Father's looking for you. The Sovereign's got the calf fanning up for you. Woo! There's a ring waiting on you. There's shoes waiting on you. There's a robe waiting on you. Get back home! In our text in Luke 2, verse 25. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. Look up here at the preacher. I'm telling you, spiritual people won't miss Christmas. Maybe they started out missing one. But he's going to get on it time two comes around. It ain't going to be eight days later. He's going to get on it then. <laughs> Hey, hallelujah. This, this third group represents that remnant of people. That's that, that group of spiritual-minded people. That group, thank God, that knows. And we, we, we're, we're going to, listen to me. Listen, you may, you may, and it's all right. It's all right. I, there's going to be a little bit of hustle and bust. That's all right. Spiritual people will give and exchange gifts probably. They will get together with family. It is a time of reconciliation. Let me just park there for me. I felt like God just kicked the bank out right there. <laughs> just hold up. Y'all with me? I ain't going to give no personal examples. There's enough in here I could tell you. They used to say, traditionally speaking, Jewish people held things against other people worse than anybody on planet Earth. I don't know where they got that because I've been hanging around Gentiles and they're pretty stinking bad themselves. I don't know where they got that at. I'm are y'all with me today? Yeah. I mean, find fault one thing. Cut them off. Boy, I'm glad God don't do us like that. It's a time of reconciliation. We who were afar off can't made not by the blood of Christ. We who were aliens, ah, strangers, without God, having no hope, but with the precious blood of Christ. Woo! Hallelujah. Are brought together. The middle one petition is drunk down. And we're brought nigh by the blood of Christ. Everybody with me? Man, I'm telling you. Time of reconciliation. It's time of peacemaking. <laughs> I know what the devil does. Well, you didn't do nothing wrong. That ain't what the Bible says. Bible don't say that you had. No, Bible says if they got something against you, <laughs> am I right? Ain't got nothing about what you did, but they got something against you, you go to them. 
Everybody with me? Yes, sir. Place of reconciliation. A time of reconciliation. A procedure that's weird and time of reconciliation. Are y'all peace provided through reconciliation? Old Simeon, he said this. He had the Holy Ghost on him, he's a spiritual man. According to our verse in verse 25. Look what the Bible said in verse 27. Let me back up to verse 26. If you get saved today, it'll be because, (laughs) and it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost. (laughs) Woo! I believe in the sovereignty of God. Y'all know that. I believe in the responsibility of man too. I'm telling you this, when God turns the light on and there's a desire in you to get saved, you didn't do that, the devil didn't do that, and the preacher didn't do that. The Holy Ghost done that. Amen. Hallelujah. No man seeks God. It's God that does it. Y'all with me? The Bible said, Said the Holy Ghost revealed it. But look at verse 27. Here's what I want to get. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. Whoopity-doo. I got another verse on when a person gets saved. Don't tell me the Holy Ghost lets you go to the lake. Because the Holy Ghost led him to the temple. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Bless his holy name. I want to re-preach this, but I want to say that quick. You headed for the junkyard spiritually when you go to missing and go to knocking and go to running hot and let the oil run low. Is everybody with me? Said the Holy Ghost. By the Spirit, he came into the temple. Notice what it said. The Holy Ghost led him to a temple. His earthly parents had brought him, Jesus the babe, to do to him, as the Bible says exactly, brought Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law. Eight days later, had to have, and there's a whole story about that. Let me just say this. Couldn't, you couldn't circumcise them before that. Science catches up with the Bible. The the science don't prove the Bible. The Bible is the standard, is a standard, and sometimes science finally catches up with the Bible. But you know that the clotting agents that's necessary to clot on the circumcision ain't fully active and available to the eighth day. Woo! Boy, God knows what He is doing. I'm glad He does. Everybody, t- say Amen right there. They brought Him up after the custom of the law. Look what he said in verse 28. Then took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation. Did you see that? Mine eyes have seen thy salvation. What did he see, preacher? The person of Jesus Christ. He ain't in a plan, it's in a man. Hey, 
Amen. Simon represents, Simeon represents spiritual people. Thank God and spiritual people always are looking for Jesus. And can I say this? Spiritual people may have bright lights and meals and get-togethers and exchange presents, but they'll always remember the real meaning of Christmas. It's Jesus Christ. Don't miss the real meaning. It is the only meaning. Is everybody with me? When it boils down and the, and the presents are done and the trees are taken down and everything's get everybody that's spiritual knows Jesus is Christmas. Don't miss Christmas. Simeon represents these godly remnant of people. Thank God who are looking for Jesus. A crowd who's truly looking for the Lord. But look, let's break down what our text, what he said. So Simeon, like spiritual people in our day, are looking for Jesus. They're looking for the coming of Christ. We're looking for the second coming of Christ. We're longing for the day we get to hold him. We're longing for the day we get to embrace him. <laughs> Woo! I hear intellectual idiots. You can be intellectual and an idiot if you don't believe that Bible. Does everybody say all right? And then I've heard some uh, intellectual idiots, but I've also heard uh, dumb idiots. <laughs> and... Uh, this is what they say. Well, I don't know in heaven if we'll get to touch Jesus or not. I say, well, you can believe what you want to believe, and I'm going to believe what I want to believe. And when I get to touch him and I look over at your face, and you're over shouting and praise the Lord, I'm going to step my tongue out and go, I told you, hallelujah. And I'm going to watch you have a running fit. Because you say I'm crazy having myself one. And I'm going to shout to victory. And I'm going to tell you right now. If, if God didn't give us a glorified body. They, some people had to pop a handful of blue pills when they got to heaven. Because this is the quietest place you'll ever be, friend. I'm telling you, praise God. It's going to be on up there. Count mean forever. Imagine every time a baby come in. Simeon said, Lord, is this him? Lord, is this him? But notice what happened. He came by the Spirit in the temple when the parents brought in the child of Jesus to do for him after the custom law. Look at verse 28. Then took him up in his arms and blessed God. He didn't have to have an introduction. <laughs> the Holy Ghost had done been leading him and had him looking. <laughs> he didn't, hey, guess what? When we get took out of this world and we see Jesus, we won't have to have Paul introduce us. <laughs> oh, no. Woo! Well, hey, we're going to see him who we now love. Are y'all with me? They saw the lovely Lord Jesus that day. And I want to say this. If you're ever going to see salvation, you're going to have to see Jesus. The work of salvation and the plan of the Christian life is right here in these few verses. Simeon's a picture of spiritual people. Scarlet people didn't miss Christmas. Simple, hardworking, ordinary, what some people would say. Hardworking people. Maybe didn't have the opportunity, some did. These crowd of people didn't miss Christmas. And spiritual people won't miss Christmas. See, look at Simeon here. He says, now let us thy servant die. He had been told that he would not die until he had seen the light, until he had seen the light of Israel. 
a light which thou preparest before the face of all people. Verse 31. A light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people. He, 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 he had been told that he was not going to die till he seen the Lord's Christ. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was on him every day. And it led him that day to the temple. And when he saw Jesus, he knew who he was. Hallelujah. And the Bible said, thank God he did. Took him up in his arms. Can you imagine how he held him? How he embraced him? It was different than any other babe. This was not just any babe. This is Christ in flesh. God incarnate. Emmanuel. God with us. And the Bible said this about him. <laughs> he said, now let thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. I'm going to tell you this, church. Look up here at your preacher. Young people, older people, everybody in middle age, listen to me. You're never going to see salvation in your life till you see Jesus. And you'll never, never see him until God, the Holy Ghost, reveals him to you. Are y'all with me? But I'm going to tell you something even better than uh, even better for you that's saved. You're now ready to die. What did he say? Hey, can I tell y'all this? You're not ready to see death until you see Jesus. Death is your enemy until you see Jesus. But when you see Jesus, here, here's what death is. It's a shuttle bus. <laughs> it's a shuttle bus, Brother Chris. It's an automated wheelchair. It's a shuttle bus to usher you in to the presence of glory, to the home in heaven, to the saints that went before you, but to the Savior. 151,600 people. Y'all listen to you, preacher. Are you ready to die? Look up here. Are you ready to die if you ain't seen Jesus as your salvation? You ain't ready to die. He said, I can depart in peace. There'll be no peace to the wicked. There's no peace in hell. There's no prosperity in hell. I'm going to tell you what there is in hell. Problems. Pain. You talk about persecution. The fire is not quenched. And the worm dieth not. And they nail on you and they gnash on you. Are y'all listening to this preacher? Hell is real. But you ain't got to go. Death is not your end. Hey, it's a shuttle bus. It's loading up folks every day. Do y'all know on average in the world there's 6,316 people die every hour? 6,316. Over 6,000 people die every single hour. Every single hour. You think death ain't going to catch you? It's running after all of us. Over 151,600 people die in the world every year. Are you ready to die? You're not if you had not seen Jesus. He is the Christ. He is the Christmas. He is the Messiah. He came as a babe in an old feeding trough. But he was wrapped in swaddling clothes. Pointing to the tomb that he would go to after the tree. He went from the trough to the tree to the tomb. And now sits on the throne. And he's calling you to this altar. Because he don't want you to die and go to hell. Amen. Are you prepared to die? 
I wonder today if there's anybody in here who's not prepared to die. I met a man in the hospital the other day. He wasn't ready to die. Evangelist Graham saw one day a young girl. He had came up on Billy Graham, Evangelist Billy Graham, and came upon a wreck. And there's a young girl, as he gives the account, that was fatally wounded in the ambulance, was afraid to even move her. And her mama was there. And she was thrown from the car with minor injuries. But the girl was going to die. And when I say girl, I'm talking about a teenager going into college. And she looked at her mama and said, Mama, you prepared me for college. Mama, you taught me how to be prepared in my schools and in my independence to go to college. You taught me how to hold my cigarette. You took me to these fancy parties and showed me how to hold my cocktail and what to order. But you ain't never showed me how to die. Mom, I'm dying, so you better teach me quick. I want to ask you, friend, you ready to die? 6,000, over, over 6,100 people die every hour. Some people say, according to some survey taken in 1986, about 120 people are dying every second. I, that was back then. And that the 120 people that are dying every second is a group that's been singled out. There's more than that dies every second. But 120, if I remember correctly, is those who die every second that says they are Christians. There's a lot of people that say they're Christians. I wonder how many of them are really saved. I know this, that hell enlarges herself daily. I know this, volcanoes are erupting from hell spewing over. I, I can tell you this, friend, that there's people dying and going to hell and good people go to hell. And good people all go to hell all the time. Virgins go to hell. We know that according to Matthew. Religious people go to hell. I believe that rich man was a little religious. I believe it was the same one that ran to Jesus as a young man. I believe it was him said he kept all the commandments. He knew Father Abraham didn't need no introduction there. I'm simply saying, as religious people burning in hell, virgins in hell, good people in hell, good ain't going to get you to heaven because there's none good, no, not one. You got to be forgiven of your sin, washed in his blood. You got to be born again. I am accepted because I'm in Christ. That's the only reason I'm accepted. And we'll be accepted in the blood. If you're backslid on God, come home for Christmas. If you're lost today, don't miss Christmas. It's only when you come home to Jesus Christ that you can really enjoy, be a part of that spiritual group that gives you comfort.